You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, at CFRC, 1019 FM, Queen's University Campus. Okay, Taylor, this episode, it's going to be interesting. Earth shattering. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna, you know, we're 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 gonna talk about this film in, in detail. Okay. Um, but before we do anything, just a quick reminder to people that this is the third week of screening in Kingston's April Movie Club, where we've picked four films, um, one to do each week, and we're hoping that you stream along with us. There's still one left next week. We have Captain America, the first Avenger. So feel free to stream along with us and send us an email or talk about it on social media and we'll, we'll make it part of the show each week. But just a reminder that the concept of this week, of this club, was each week Taylor or myself would be picking the movie that we thought the other person would hate. Uh, so this week, Taylor picked a film that she believes I would hate. Um, and Taylor, did you figure out how to say the name of our protagonist character? Madi Valkenbach. Yes. Uh, I mean, Would you say that's right? <laughs> oh, close enough. I mean, so I, I will say that for this movie, I actually watched it twice, um, and I cheated no a little bit. So I watched it the first time, just sort of normal, like in, I believe it's German, right? It's German with... Yeah. Yeah. So in German with... And I guess like uh, Yiddish? Yiddish. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so German with, with just the English subtitles going on along at the bottom. And then I watched it again on Netflix. You can like have them automatically dub it. So I watched it a second time with the English dubbed in to kind of make sure I didn't miss anything. I hate dubbing. Uh, me too. Like I normally don't like it, but for this film, because I knew we were going to talk about it and because my initial reaction was uh, earth shattering as we're about to discuss, <laughs> I wanted to watch it again just to be like, okay. Did, did I actually did I actually <laughs> think this thing that I thought, or or was it just I don't know? So I a watched fluke. yeah fluke. So I watched it a second time with the English dubbed it, so I could really just pay attention to what was going on, and my eyes didn't have to go up and down. I I, I find it hard to read um, on small screens like subtitles. Like I don't mind in a big theater, but I have it find it you know find it a little tough. When do you? Were you watching on your laptop or do you No, I have a smart did you get TV. To, yeah. Yeah, okay. so I, I did put it on that, but it's still it was still pretty small. I'm like, like wow, was, grandpa, <laughs> your TV's still too small. <laughs> it's still too small. Yeah, no, I, I my smart TV's nice and it, it's a decent size, but I find it too small. It's mainly my eyes that's the problem. It's not the TV that's the issue. You are a grandpa, it's, you're yeah, old. it's me. It's my terrible eyesight. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna... <laughs> for the listeners, yeah. Mike's not actually a grandpa. No, no. Uh, I'm not uh, not that old, but my eyes are terrible. Um, so we are going to talk uh, a little bit about the movie in a little bit, but we do have some fan questions um, to kick things off. Um, we're going to start them right away, just a few minutes into the show this time, because uh, they take up so much time with all these amazing fan questions, which we love. So we're going to kick off with these fan questions. Uh, three three people uh, emailed in today, uh, two of them with specific to the movie, so I'm going to, again, push those to a little bit later. But our friend Josh as always, kicks off the show with a smattering of questions. Uh, I think he's running out uh, personally, <laughs> but we will see. Um, he says, oh, hey, Michael, have you watched Tiger King yet? If so, what are your thoughts? Um, no. 
I have. We not. should have a Tiger King episode. I guess so. I've been kind of not wanting to watch it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's just I because loved it. I, you loved it. Okay, so you did watch it and love it. Yeah. Okay. No, I haven't watched it yet. I, we could do a Tiger King episode. It certainly is popular enough. Um, In Kingston, um, a lot of the local businesses, well, I shouldn't say a lot, I know two, um, are doing virtual trivia. So uh, Improbable Escapes mm -hmm. and more connected to CFRC, the Grad Club. Yes, They're I saw, both yeah. doing their trivia Virtually. remotely. Yeah. And I think they both had uh, Tiger King themed okay. trivia. So clearly they think it's it's popular. There's enough, a demand. So, yeah. And hey, I, I everyone's talking about it. So I just I just haven't I guess. Don't you want to know what the memes mean? Like don't you want to be in the loop? Probably, I guess. A little bit. I guess I just wasn't interested when I saw it at the beginning. Like when I saw it I was like, eh, not really my thing. But then it got so big. It will be your thing. It's everyone's thing. Okay. All right. Well, you've convinced me. Well, I'll I'll give it a watch, and maybe we'll plan a Tiger King episode. Um, so there just you go. so we can be in the the loop. <laughs> you know, loop, we got to yeah. be on trend. Yeah. Uh, so then he continues. For both of us, he wants to know. Prior to quarantine, did you prefer to watch a movie in the theater or at your house? Also, what are your biggest pet peeves that other people do when watching a movie? Talking, uh, being on their phone, chewing too loud, etc. Uh, Michael, my pre-movie bathroom etiquette does not count for this question. Um, so we've had this question before, I think. I think we've talked about our pet peeves. Mm -hmm. uh, but you want to run down yours, Taylor, um, again, as to what you don't like from seeing people in the theaters? Gosh, normally, I always bring it up on the show when it just happens. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think back. Well, I know you, you don't like the, the shuffling in and out of seats. Yeah, I hate um, that. Cutting right in front of you. You don't like that. I don't like when people jiggle their legs, mm -hmm. either beside me or behind me. Mm -hmm. It's particularly bad at the screening room just because of the way the seats are. Like at the big right. theater, the seats are farther apart now. You don't feel it as much. Yeah, but at the screening room, the seats are connected. Yeah. So I'm like, come on, people. Like if you feel like you're jiggling, you're jiggling the people around you. <laughs> yeah. If you can feel it, they can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big one. Um, like I don't mind a little bit of whispering, but again, at the screening room, they have a sometimes an older demographic. Yeah. And the older people don't realize that they're not whispering. They're like talking <laughs> at like yeah. an audible level. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kills definitely. Me. Definitely. Yeah, it's that that's tough. I mean, I that's the thing like I don't I don't mind a lot of stuff like I can block a lot of stuff out, but I just hate when when people are so loud, either leaving, entering late, leaving, opening something. Opening something. It's just like you don't ha I I'm an also a human being. Like I know how to enter a room, leave a room and open something quietly, so clearly you probably do too. So I just find it a little obnoxious and I'm like why why wouldn't you just take that extra step because I think people just don't care and they're not considerate of other people. So I, that type of thing bothers yeah, me. Yeah, I don't even think that it's not that they don't care. I think they just are so not aware of them. Yeah. Like they lack personal awareness. So you yeah, can't even get mad at true. them because they don't even realize that they're being annoying. I don't know. I think you can get a little mad. Like I don't, again, I don't know. I don't know how every single individual thinks, but like every time I leave my apartment or I go anywhere in public, I'm pretty like 
self-aware is the space I'm taking up or what's Well, you're a normal me. human being. I guess so. Yeah, we are probably talking about a small percentage of people probably. <laughs> that just are living in their own world. You and know they're not I mean? our like... listeners. Our listeners are great people. So I yes. know that they're, they're not doing any of this. Uh, but yeah, Josh's bathroom etiquette really bothers me just because I know he's doing it to bug me more than anything. Like I, I know he's it came, trolling you. Yeah, he, I know it comes originally. He did it from a place of I want to go the closest to the start of the movie I can, so I last the whole time through. Pushed it to the limit. But I know him, and I think he can hold it longer than he thinks he can, and I don't think he has to go to the bathroom as much as he thinks he does. So I think he's doing it just to bother me. And like even right now, I'm getting angry. And he's not even here, and I'm not even at the movies, and it's just the idea that just gets me riled Agitation. up. Um, but in terms of his first question, like I'll say I, I still will take going to the movie theater than watching a movie at home any day. I'm 50-50. Really? That yeah. does surprise me because you, you love movie popcorn. I love movie popcorn, but I also love my couch. That's true. And I also love like going to a friend's house to watch a movie. Sure. And like I just love all of it, and I don't rank it in a particular order. Like Each movie-going experience is great for its own reason. Yeah. So like, yes, I do love going to the theater. And I love going to little theaters and big theaters, mm -hmm. but I also like watching a movie alone in bed on my laptop yeah. or in the living room with Dan yeah. or over at my friend Val's house who has a popcorn making machine. Oh. And she got it for her wedding and it tastes like movie popcorn. I, I, <laughs> I would do almost anything for some screening room popcorn right now. Like I am, I am just I missing going there every week or for me like i guess it was closer to every other week because i would start to try to do as much multiplex movies as well like mix it up but even mm -hmm. like a couple times a month going to the screening room grabbing a nice popcorn and just like watching even if it's by myself i don't care like just watching a movie i miss it so much i can't like it's probably the first thing i'm going to do when things start to reopen is i'm going back to the screening room I can't even go to Val's house for popcorn. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, it's so <laughs> tough. I'm, I, and again, maybe I'm saying this and answering this because I've been here watching movies, like, just by myself and, and would prefer more company and would prefer to be with people out in a movie theater. Like, I just love that experience. But again, I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, if you have all these other alternative experiences that are good, you just love them all. I do. And I should, I'm going to try a new way next weekend or this upcoming weekend mm -hmm. Val Apparashan and I my friends mm -hmm. we're going to try to watch a movie virtually Ooh. we're going to download the Netflix extension yeah which will let us all watch the same movie at the same time and okay. chat about it all right I'm going to be very interested to see how that goes let me know Fingers crossed. We're all history students okay. and not very tech savvy. Well, hey, let, let me know how it goes <laughs> and maybe we can do, you know, maybe we can do a quick segment with all your friends. That'd be cool. Have the three of you come on and talk about it and, and we'll sort of get all your thoughts on that experience. I think that'd be kind of a cool thing to include one week yeah. in the show. That would be kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, Josh's next question is for you, Taylor. Oh. Um, I think you may have covered this in the past, but do you have favorite all-time horror movie or a top five? As a fellow horror lover, I would put The Conjuring at the top of my list. Yeah, he's a big Conjuring fan. It's a great movie franchise. Yeah. Were, were we asked a question recently, maybe last week, about franchises? And I was like, oh, they're all disappointing. Yes. Except for The Conjuring. Yeah, you forgot about <laughs> I think Josh actually asked about franchises. Even, yeah. Even the bad ones are good. Yeah. 
Um, shoot, my favorite horror movies. It's hard to pick. Um, uh, Silence of the Lambs ruins one of my favorite movies. Not everyone would consider that a horror movie, but it's definitely a thriller. Oh, for sure. Um, Stigmata, which again, borderline horror, and people consider it really horrible, but I love it. Hmm. Um, The Conjuring series, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm put on the spot. I need to like pull up my old movie list, but those three are all really good. From what I I can remember, those are the big ones that you talk about. You know, quite yeah. a bit. Any kind of vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a movie that... I don't know if it went under the radar, but it's one my friends and I really enjoyed. The Boy. The Boy. And yeah. the second Boy came out right when the pandemic broke. Like, seriously. Like, in March. The, the, um, the Boy is... That's not part of the Conjuring universe, is it? No, it's its own. But there's theory. no connection to Annabelle or anything like that. Nope. I, I don't know why I'm thinking that. It just happens to okay. be another movie about a, okay. a doll. Right. Or okay. is it? Or is it? Who knows? You'd have to watch it. <laughs> You'd have to watch it to <laughs> find out. <laughs> that one's a good one. Mm-hmm. I would say if someone's looking for a movie recommendation, yeah. Um, the boy, like, well, if you're looking for like a spooky movie, uh, the boy is a good one. I think that that's one that is a little under the radar just because I, I don't think it's never mentioned in the same vein as as some of the at least in terms of recent horror movies of some of, of the movies that have come out so I do think that that pick is still under the radar so I think it's a good suggestion I haven't seen um, either one um, I've seen lots of previous Robert De Niro was in the first one am I the boy the, am I thinking of the right movie no I think it's something else something with this one came out let me do a quick Google search. yeah find out because I'm interested to see if I'm confusing it with something else because I will say there's a lot of horror movies that do come out that have similar thing not to say that that's a bad thing but similar themes that come through a lot of them though I have been very happy with I I haven't seen a lot of horror movies in the past couple years that I've been disappointed with so this movie came out in 2016 okay and it's directed by William Brent Bell who did um, The Devil Inside, which I haven't seen it. And then he also did uh, The Second Boy. Okay. And it stars Lauren Cohen, um, who she, I, don't, I don't think she's super famous, but it looks like she's been in a lot of TV shows. So she, she was in Supernatural yeah, and The Walking Dead. And The Walking Dead, yeah. And I believe she was in Prison Break as well. Yeah, she's been in a lot of TV and essentially the premise is she um, goes to this, like, really big, creepy house um, under the impression that she's going to be a nanny. Mm. And then she shows up and the parents are like, LOL, it's actually a doll. But, <laughs> like, she has to look after the doll while the parents are out of the house. Wait, so there's no child at all. It's not like a child and a doll. It's just the doll. It's just the doll. But of course, wow. <laughs> it's a horror thriller. So no, of course, so you can begin to think just, what just happens. It's just a doll. That's so <laughs> like would you, like what would you do? Like I would probably just leave and be like this family, I'm not looking after this doll. I can't remember why she does stay. I think yeah. like maybe she Easy feels money. bad for them. Yeah. 
And like, like it's she, like it's it's easy money, and she feels bad, and she's just like, well, I mean, how hard? Could well, this it's be? at all. How hard? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> <laughs> you are screwed. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I really. So I saw it with my friend Emma and Aparajita, and they're the two people I normally see horror movies with. Sure. And both of them really enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, for the record. Emma has similar sensibilities as I do. She also didn't like Hereditary. Okay, interesting. So, <laughs> so there's clearly a group that doesn't like Hereditary, which I mean, yeah, that and, makes sense. And you know, maybe for people who loved Hereditary, they're going to be like, "Well, I don't trust Taylor and Emma because <laughs> they don't like they don't like <laughs> Hereditary." Like, the boy's going to be crap. <laughs> um, we really liked it, so okay. I don't know. Good I would know. recommend Good it. And maybe we'll be hearing from Taylor's friends soon in future episodes. We shall see. Um, so finally, Josh finishes off by saying, uh, did you know that you could take virtual tours of museums like the Louvre or the Museum of Natural History? Just an idea to help you stay entertained during this new way of life. Okay, Josh. So I did know this. And as a history buff, I have intended to take advantage, but also it's a pandemic and I haven't done anything. Because it's a stressful time. You know what's interesting, Taylor? <laughs> I, for probably different reasons, like, I mean, I'm, I'm also stressed, but I've also done nothing. Even though I've read a lot of things and, and even thought these thoughts myself of, like, this is the best time to, like, work on things you, you know, never had a chance to. You can't say, I didn't have time, you know, like, you can't say, and I, I agree, I mean, but I've done nothing. I, I've yeah, I've really yeah. kind of done a little bit of work because I'm still working a little bit, but I've I've really just watched movies, done this podcast, and then otherwise been kind of like around. <laughs> yeah, pretty much me yeah. as well. <laughs> Although, again, I don't I try not to get too heavy on the show, especially like we're not like a serious news show. No. But I have been reading a couple things that we're experiencing, sort of like a universal trauma. Sure. So yeah. Um, our like fatigue and lack of motivation is actually our bodies processing trauma right yeah. now. And it that makes sense. And I mean, anyone shouldn't do anything, you know, too rash right now to make them like, okay, I need to go do things or I, I need to stay active. So I need to read I these things. I hate the and, cult of productivity. No, like, I, you can I hate back. it even in normal times. Oh, for sure. Like this is a good chance to maybe relax and spend time with your family if you can. And again, catch up on movies and TV and things that like, I know, like a lot of a lot of our entertainment is gone because of it's not considered an essential service. But I do think it's an essential thing for us to relax and take in entertainment. And I think that uh, you know, watching movies is a good way to do that. And and if you know, people just spend a month being around and and watching movies and trying to relax. Hey, if that helps you, go go for it. Do whatever you need to do to to help you get through this. Before we move on, I do want to, I did a quick Google mm-hmm. to remind myself of the one of the museums I did want to look at, and it is film-related. Yeah. So, one of the museums you can visit virtually is the Hermitage in Russia, and they, it's a five-hour and 20-minute movie, one one shot, and it was filmed on an iPhone. Wow. And it's actually, I mean, the corporate world, it's, it's 
an aver in a way it's an advertisement for Apple sure. because it's shot on an iPhone 11 Pro and right. this is Apple being like, "Hey, look what you can make on my yeah. iPhone 11 Pro." But it's still a one take journey through this iconic museum. Okay. So send me that link because we'll post it out on our social media so people can can grab it, but I'm definitely going to take a look at that as well because that that sounds really interesting to me. Um, I mean, there's always corporate things, and <laughs> the the reality of these this type of work is sometimes you got to be sponsored by things. But hey, if it's still cool and innovative and something new, I I think it's worth uh, people checking out. So send me that link, and we'll share it out on Screening in Kingston's social media, and make sure people can can find it. Um, okay, so uh, we are now uh, going to move on to talk about this week's film. Uh, I'm going to push, so just so Tyler and Lily, if you're both listening, your questions were very much connected to the film this week, so we'll include that in a little bit as we uh, do each week, part of our movie club. But uh, yeah, we've got a really interesting film to talk about this week, um, and uh, Taylor, why don't, why don't you take us through just a little quick review about what this movie's about, maybe give your brief thoughts before I, I get into mine, but, uh, and maybe just remind people kind of what made you um, pick this week's movie. Okay, so this is a Swiss movie um, that is about a young Orthodox Jewish man who's trying to kind of come into his own. Mm -hmm. But the premise is that his really overbearing mother is trying to matchmake him, essentially. And he's really uh, feeling kind of like constricted by it like does not like the process at all so the movie is just kind of about him trying to find himself um kind of within the context of his faith but also you know kind of secular school life mm -hmm. um and it is a comedy and i think it's considered a romantic comedy it definitely has european sense like it's definitely a European movie mm -hmm. and I chose this one because it is a European movie and I know you hate subtitles <laughs> yes. and I'm so glad <laughs> that you did watch the version with subtitles I did. Um, and I should have mentioned this earlier in case our listeners were watching with us mm -hmm. Netflix defaults or at least mine did defaults to the English dub it does yeah so I'm glad you had enough sense to go into the settings and get the the original German version For sure. with English subtitles. Well, I thought it was it was kind of I wanted to watch it in that format and and kind of hear the real voices and just kind of see what that was. And but then after watching it once, I I decided I I was going to try it the other way to get all the jokes. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing to get the all the jokes and get the timing of everything and like just make sure I didn't miss anything. I, if I hey, if I had the option of doing that time-wise to go see any of the movies that we review when it's, you know, when we're out seeing movies, if I could go twice, I would, especially for a film like this that has subtitles and and has some moments where it's moving through things pretty quickly and I I wanted to make sure I got everything. Yeah. So tell us what you thought. What was your what was your uh, initial thoughts on this movie? I thought it was a cute movie. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't my favorite movie in the whole world, but I certainly enjoyed myself. I thought there was a lot of kind of cute, quirky moments. Like it certainly was funny. Um, oh, I think the humor came through quite quite well. 
yeah, and like universal humor. And um, I thought the lead was very strong. Mm-hmm. Like he was, uh, he was a very good actor. But like I said, like it wasn't like the best movie in the world. For me, it was like one of those, it's a Sunday afternoon, you turn on the TV when I used to have cable. But like <laughs> say you like turn on the TV and you go to like the movie network Sure. And you just play whatever rom-coms is on there. playing, and you just kind of check in and then check out. Yeah. That's kind of the movie experience I yeah. had. Yeah. No, not exactly a groundbreaking movie, but there's still entertainment to be had. Yeah, like film. it definitely, yeah. um, it didn't reinvent the wheel in any way. No. And in fact, it reminded me a lot of my Big Fat Greek wedding. Right, yes. Just kind of using <laughs> like... Um, the vehicle of a very specific cultural background and seeing what happens when you throw in kind of traditional uh, like rom-com tropes. Yeah. So like I, I was reminded a lot of my Big Fat Greek Wedding, although I think my Big Fat Greek Wedding is better. Um, just personally, I, th- I think. Right. But uh, if you enjoy my Big Fat Greek Wedding, I think you'll really enjoy this one. All right. Well, uh, ready to hear my thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> you sent me a spoiler alert this weekend. I mean, I'm like, I knew you had strong feelings that you mm-hmm. texted me in advance because yes. you never do that. Yeah. That's I, the first time you've ever done that. I texted you during the, my watch of the movie, actually. Um, <laughs> dur- during watch number two. Yeah, like, you're so film. wrong. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, and that's the thing. That's, that's basically what we've been hiding. I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I didn't hate it at all. <laughs> and that's something that even surprised me. Like, uh, I, I think about even 30, 40 minutes into my first, like, watch of it I, I i realized i liked the movie you're like um, grinning from ear to yeah, ear yeah <laughs> yeah and and the thing is is that um i 100 percent agree though with what you just said i don't enjoy this movie and like this movie on the sense that like oh it was groundbreaking and it, it's something new and different and fresh it was more i thought the things that they were doing within the trope of this comedy really worked because to me, I always I viewed it a little bit more as a coming of age comedy than I did yeah. a romantic comedy. Now, there's actually a couple things that Tyler Vance brings up that uh, I'll read in a little bit that that I want to kind of talk about in terms of the kind of where the story goes and the characters because I really saw this about this is a film about Maudie, um and his his journey, and everyone else is more just the different pieces that kind of go through that because you meet um you meet the rabbi which again was like one of my favorite scenes in oh the, my gosh in the movie. she was a scene um, stealer oh, I, I was like give me more of the rabbi like the, i think there was only singing. two oh my god like two scenes yeah when he was singing and even the, the the conversation with his parents um when his mother storms out and is very mad at uh, at the rabbi um, <laughs> same god same god like why would you leave why would you because she's like oh we're gonna find another church or find another congregation and he's like same God. I mean, and that sort of that rabbi character. Yeah, that was great. I thought it was great. Um, even the moments of the movie that I thought I was going to hate ended up working for me. Like the minute he was on his way to Israel, I was like, oh no, this is going to take a turn that I'm probably going to be less interested in. But it didn't. I was still I liked it even more. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is cool. This is interesting. Like you're getting him out there and he's meeting these different people. And um, yeah, so I actually really enjoyed this movie. Um, it, it's not without its flaws. Um, and it's hard for me sometimes, I think 
people will know two weeks ago <laughs> from the first movie, it's hard for me to sometimes separate my own personal feelings about what I think should should happen in like relationships and, and in real life in real life versus like, like just enjoying arranged the film. marriage is yeah. wrong. Yeah, like I'm not a fan of arranged <laughs> marriage and I even I was very sympathetic and don't like the way he was treated as a character especially near the end of the film. But I think that's the mark of a good film for me. If you can make me care about a character enough to feel that there are things happening that I'm against or I don't like and it invokes an emotional reaction, I think you've done a good job. Um, so despite the fact that there was lots of this movie that I'm like, no, oh, normally I don't really like things like this and I'm not like a, I'm not super religious and I'm not like a huge fan of this level of um of religion but still i was like entertained i was interested i was learning some things like and i was very intrigued so i thought the filmmakers did a great job with that so those are kind Can of I my just pause real quick sure i'm afraid we haven't said the full name of the movie it's the awakening of maudie what's his walking walk and walk and because the w is pronounced <laughs> as a v okay so the w German. is pronounced as a v I was just, I'm like, we're going to be a horrible movie review show so, yes, if we, we should, have not we should, said the whole We should thing. say the whole name. Um, <laughs> it is available on Netflix. I highly recommend it. For me, it's a, it's a stream it, and I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was definitely a stream it as well. I don't think I loved it as much as you did. Mm -hmm. It definitely wasn't a hate it. Yeah, um, and I would say, like, even if we were... If we were reviewing this in our old system, I don't even know if I'd necessarily give it a see it. I might be on the on the like border, you know, when it's like stream it, see it. Like some people I understand will not like this movie, um, but it was entertaining and it was surprising. And, you know, I yeah, I also didn't hate it, which I think was the whole point of this movie club. I'm going to consider this a win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. That I've converted you. you yeah, you, you have. You found a movie that normally I would not like. And I enjoyed You definitely it. wouldn't have picked it for yourself. Oh, no, never. I would never have watched this movie. Absolutely. You were 100% right in picking it. I would never have watched it. Um, we do have some fan thoughts that actually might lead into some, some interesting conversations. Um, so both Lily and Tyler wrote in. Um, both were watching this week. Both have, have written in before. Uh, Lily and obviously this is Tyler Vance, our Star Trek correspondent. Um, but Lily has also written in several times. Um, so we'll go into some of Tyler's thoughts. First, he's giving us three things that he likes about the movie and three things that he didn't. So he says, hello again. Sometimes when I don't know exactly how I feel about a movie, I try to make a list of three good things and three bad things. It's a simple exercise, but it gets me thinking about both sides of the coin. And I can usually tell how I feel about a movie by how easily I'm able to come up with each. So would you, would you give three good and three bad things for the awakening of Marty Walkenbrock, right? Brock? Walkenbrock. Bock. Rock. I'm never going to be able to say it properly. No. Here are my three good and three bad things. So maybe we can think on that a bit, Tyler, um, about three things we liked and three things we didn't. But let me read his good and bad and we can discuss and maybe we'll agree or disagree with his. So, good. Fourth wall breaking cutaway humor. At first, the fourth wall breaks felt a little too flashy, but they are the most humorous and visually dynamic parts of the movie, so it grew on me. So what did you think of that, uh, Taylor? Did you did you like I the... Think, I thought they could have done it more. Yeah, I actually, um, I would like to have seen more. Though. I love that. I loved the trope, the way they were using it. Of How him he's so deadpan. Things. Yes. Yeah. And, and he chose moments to explain what it's like to be Jewish in these moments, like for, again, this is obviously orthodox, so it's like, it's different, but still, he was really clear and he like explained things and I found it very helpful. 
Um, and it I is like something that. I'm interested in. Like I, I am actually interested in, in reading more about world religions and cultures and different things. Like it is of an interest of mine, but this I thought was clear and concise. So I liked it too. Some of the reviews I read were like, I'm Jewish and this wasn't right. And I'm like, I, I, okay. Well, actually, it felt right while watching. <laughs> like, I'm not an Orthodox Jewish person, so how would I know? Well, and actually, uh, in, in his bad, Tyler brings up something interesting that's worth discussing. Um, but again, it, I, again, I don't know. I don't know enough to know if, like, you know. Yeah, neither could I. Like, if someone made a movie about Catholicism, mm -hmm. I would know if it was wrong for sure. And but even then, I mean, there there are still different ways that people look at at religion and and for different families and different like i you know i've i've gone when i was younger you know i i went to church and and went to all catholic schools it's the one church that i would go to for different services in in kingston and the one in gan felt very different you know it, it all depends in some ways so i don't know what those differences are like um across the board but sometimes you know for for whatever reason, it feels different. So I don't know. Yeah, again, I don't know enough to say if it was right or wrong. But I learned a lot from the way they were presenting it. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe you'll go re read a Wikipedia article. Maybe I will. <laughs> um, number two, he says, the adorable dad. The father in the mute oh. movie is simply wonderful. He's so Moish. cheerful. Yeah, I loved aggressive. it. Oh, I, yeah, me too. Um, he, Tyler says he wanted more of him. Um, and, and like, I... So to me... Um, he said the prolonged uh, shot of him just floating on the back pool um, <laughs> is more enjoyable than most other shots of the movie. Yeah, I, I love the dad character as well. I thought he was um, he was interesting, but to me, again, I don't know enough about the the religion. But I I have met people who've had overbearing parents, whether it be the mother or the father, and this isn't always necessarily connected to a religion. Like, I, I used to know somebody who was homeschooled, and his mother was very much like the mother presented in this film, um, and his dad was was kind of subdued in his thoughts and, and feelings because because the mother was so strong-willed mm -hmm. that the, they, that role kind of made sense. So I saw in that things I've recognized before, so I thought the way that dad was portrayed was actually quite interesting. Yeah, I love the trope when, like, one spouse is a little off the wall. Yeah. And then the other spouse is kind of, like, the straight man in yeah, a way. Yeah, but, almost like, it's reacting like that to unstated, That yeah. understated, like, like, oh, I know my spouse is crazy, but, like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. With a little smirk. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And his last good thing was the Yiddish version of Leonard Cohen's song, Hallelujah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, very. I'm nice. not gonna. I'm not gonna contest that. No, very nice undertone. I actually liked the, some of the music um, in this movie. I thought it worked well. Um, it was the type of film that the music for me, I noticed it, but in a good way. Mm -hmm. So it worked for me. Okay, now on to his bad. So number one, he says there's no development for any female character. It's the mark against my privilege as a male viewer that it took me almost the whole movie to realize that I knew nothing about the perspectives of any female character. Why was Laura so interested in this dude? Why did her motivations flip-flop around so quickly in the back uh, half of this film? Uh, was the Israel woman actually invested? Um, or was she just on the prowl there? Yeah, and I mean, th that that's an interesting point. I, I actually, to me... 
This is just, again, my perspective. I thought every character, with the exception of the lead, was underdeveloped. Like, no one had an arc. And I felt like that was... Everyone served his, his narrative. Per- yes, yeah, so... Whether male or female. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. So I guess, I mean, he's not wrong that there was no real female development of character. But I also think there wasn't any male development of character, with the exception of him. Like, in the same way, we know the same amount about... Her name was Laura, I think. Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, Laura. That we do his friend, who who had a very funny the scene. Cigarette smoker. Yeah, yeah, where he pops out like after after Laura, I think leaves. He like suddenly pops into frames. Like, what was that? Who were you talking to? <laughs> like, we know as little about him um, that we. That's do. to me just an uh, and it points to a bigger problem in the writing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. The the focus was all on one character. Now that might have been on purpose, and that can be. You know, again, I'm not saying that that Tyler's point here is incorrect. It's just to me, I think it was across the board. There was no development except for one. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, it could very much be the writing that's at fault here. Um, number two, he said the Jewish mother stereotype. Okay, all stereotypes are usually based in some sort of reality, and I'm sure this one started somewhere more grounded and closer to the truth. But come on, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> She's like Howard Wolowitz's mother from that horrid sitcom, The Big Bang Theory, but on naggy steroids. <laughs> Tyler's a very good writer. He, <laughs> he always he gets me with these. Um, in this age of increasing representation, you'd hope that the film about Orthodox Jewish people would, uh, would tell a little bit more of, of outside of stereotypes. Maybe there are Jewish mothers that are like this one. Um, just like there are Christian, Muslim, and atheist mothers of the same vein. But society at large is already very much convinced of that. We don't need to reaffirm it for us. Um, yeah, I mean, he brings up a real good point. I thought the mother was, was quite over the top, um, which, I, again, I, I, again, I didn't know, and I still don't know enough. I can recognize bits of, of as I said, of that mother in people that I've met or people that I know have mothers that are similar, but I, I do agree that it was a lot. Um, and again, I don't know how close to grounded that is or not, but uh, I mean, it makes sense to me that that could, that could be bothersome. I think, yeah, like I, was it a stereo, stereotypical performance? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, like some scenes it worked like where she crashes the car because mm-hmm. she's so excited. Yes. Yeah. Like that was great. That scene was amazing. I think it's hard because we needed her to be so severe to push Maudie to ex. Explore right in the framework of the narrative as it was presented. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just think that <laughs> I just think they took it a little. So for me, the scenes that didn't work is when they took it so far where she came off as cruel. Because the one thing I will understand about the quote unquote stereotype is the fact that at the heart of it, uh, mothers like this just love the family and love yeah. their family and love their sons and love love their daughters and want what's best for them. She came off as quite cruel. I mean, she hits him, she kicks him out at one point in time. Like you're you're telling me that that they care so much about their faith in this moment. Like the mothers like this care so much about their faith that they would 
harm and push away members of their family. Like to me, that's what didn't make sense. And that was probably the moment where emotionally I was like, I don't like this. This isn't the way you should treat people. And like, again, that's, that's the pulling me in as an audience member. But I do agree with what he's saying. Like what you're saying that the film needed, I think you could have accomplished without it going to that standpoint. I guess my question is, could you have taken that performance and dropped it into any other cultural specific movie? Like, like my big fat Greek wedding, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a good Where like the family yeah. is like, quote unquote, like they're very stereotypical uh, Greek Orthodox. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering like, is that performance okay like, is it any difference than the performance we saw in this movie? I don't know. That's a, or I like, mean, that's if a good we question. were to, yeah, if you were to drop this movie into, like the the farewell, for instance, mm -hmm. where it's like a culturally specific movie where like the the plots being moved by their Chinese heritage. Yep. Yep. I don't know, like, I guess, like, I don't have any answers. Yeah. I'm not condoning the use of stereotypes in film. Um, yeah, but, like, I think, I don't know, like, it's, they were using it at, to move the plot, right? And yes. if the mom wasn't the way she was, would the movie, like... I don't know how to say what no, I'm trying I, to say. I think I, like, I, I think I know where you're coming from here. Like I think I think you're on the right path of does does this performance or the writing or whatever it is that that made these feelings of is this too much? Like that's how I was feeling. Like maybe this is too much. Tyler's clearly pointing out the stereotype. Um, is is it serving a purpose to the movie? Can you can you change it and still get the same outcome? And can you drop it into, how do you feel if you drop it into another scenario? I mean, you just named some great examples. I'll bring up Crazy Rich Asians as another one, um, where certainly the mother figure in that film, uh, played brilliantly by Michelle Yeoh, uh, is, is almost as cruel. Not quite, and isn't quite as, as off. To me, the, the mother in this film was, was a little off the wall. It is a little overdone, a little like she was in a bit of a different movie. She was in something she a little like more She was like a character. Yes. And I think, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I think, I think that's what Tyler's kind of pointing out here is she felt maybe more like a caricature than, than anybody else. And I can kind of see what he's saying. I don't know what you would need to do to still get the same outcome that is necessary to push Madi forward into the world and still be culturally and sensitive. Exactly. Yeah, I don't I guess know what that's that my is whole either. issue is how do you be culturally sensitive without drifting into stereotype? It's a it's a really good question, and I don't think it always gets there because even movies like The Farewell, Crazy Rich Asians, like I mean, they they got their fair share of backlash for some of that too. Um, but you know, you you do what you can to accurately depict who who you're you're you know who you're trying to reach or who your story is about um but i think you bring up a good point i mean again when i'm watching this i'm not watching it with that type of lens but other people might be and people take things too far like you see a stereotype here and it plays into it and there's lots of people out there that would take that 
and say, okay, well, that's the way that's the way people are. That's the way anyone who is part of this faith is, and that's wrong, and that's a wrong assumption. Um, but he brings up a really interesting point, and I think we don't have an answer here, um, but it's something worth discussing and thinking about. Yeah, for sure. His third bad It's point, all to unpack. Yeah, it really is, and I, I don't know if we have an answer, but I do think he, yeah, I, again, I, I will credit Tyler for being very clear with his thoughts on this and making a very good point. Um, point number three for him on, on the bad side is bad first act pacing. So similar gripe, but he found a lot of the early scenes felt uh, too brief uh, and truncated, especially the scenes in his college class and chatting with a friend uh, about cognitive dissonance. From my list, uh, do you think I liked or hated it? Sincerely, Tyler, why are you emailing at this ungodly hour, Vance? I don't know why he was either. It was pretty late uh, <laughs> that he was emailing, but uh, thank you, Tyler, for that. He had to get it in. Yeah. He had so to what, get the thoughts. What do you think about the pacing in the first part of the movie? Some things did feel like they set it up. Like, it was like, the scene he's talking about with the cog cognitive dissonance, that did really feel like, um, oh, hi, friend. What's this? Oh, that's what it is. Okay, bye, friend. But okay. I, I thought that I thought that scene was charming because he also they also that was another great fourth wall moment where he broke and explained it a little bit. You know, I just think it. it 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 could have been longer. I yes, think that's true. kind of that's, that's uh, Tyler's critique of the film, or sorry, the of the of the scenes was that it felt too short, hmm. right? Like it. Would you, would that happen in real life where you, I mean, I guess it does, but like he sits down with his friend, really, spends two <laughs> seconds and then his friend be like, gotta go. Yeah. Not, not, not a lot. No, if it does not happen, like that. very rarely. No, no. <laughs> so, um, I agree. There was a couple scenes that you could tell they were just doing it for setup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just keep thinking, gotta go now. Yeah. Bye. Gotta, gotta go. <laughs> Um, so, so Tyler's asking us, uh, from his list, do we think he liked it or hated it? Um, I have an answer ready. Do you, do you know, do you have a thought about what he, uh, I think he liked? hated it. Yeah, me too. Um, the three does things he, he brought does up. Does he say in the email? He doesn't. Um, oh. he wants us to guess. Um. He hated it. To me, he hated it too, because the three things he brought up in the bad are more complex and I think would bug you more than the three good things that are like, oh, that was quirky. Like that was a little moment. Um, and there's not enough of it, but it was it was nice. So to me, he's brought up very clear things that would bug him throughout the film. And Tyler's very much about the kind of the construction of film. Mm -hmm. And that very much points to like editing, mm -hmm. writing, yeah. acting. And which yet, is like that's true. the building blocks of film. And and I think that's where a lot of his critiques are coming from. And it's interesting how I think you, to me, you accurately describe the things he likes. And yet all of those don't appear in any way in her smell. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> Cognitive dissonance. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to throw another hurt smell and dig in there. Uh, but thank you, Tyler, for that. Uh, Lily chimed in. Uh, she said she watched the film this week. Um, and she said she had a hard time getting into this week's film. At the start, it had nothing to do with the language barrier. I actually quite enjoy language, foreign language films and have never had an issue following along. I just found the movie to be a lot of 
out-of-worldly feel when it was presented as itself as grounded. I found the narration, if that's what you call it, hard to get into, and the strange camera movements made me kind of feel like I was caught between a grounded film and a more stylized film. I almost felt like I was watching something very grounded, but then that was edited by a director who loves to create worlds. Do you, do you both feel this, or am I kind of alone in this? I will say that the movie had charm, and I found myself laughing at times, but honestly, I didn't enjoy it that much because this just took me too much out of the film. Um, so what did you think of that? I mean, to me, uh, I actually kind of liked the things that Lily's saying that, that she didn't like. Um, I'm, I, those were some of the charming points that I found about it. But yeah, did you, how did you feel about uh, those things? The movie, I think, on Netflix is described as quirky. Like, one of the... When you look now at Netflix, I think it gives you a couple short descriptor words. Right. And one of them is quirky. Mm. And that's another reason why I picked this one for you. Because <laughs> you don't like quirk I don't like quirk. too much. <laughs> a little um, bit. I like a little bit yeah, of quirk. Well, I mean, I like Wes Anderson. Liked, <laughs> you liked the quirky stuff about yes, the movie, I did, yeah. right? Yeah. Like well, breaking the fourth wall, which is what Lily's going to get into. done well. I, to me, again, like that, I don't like quirk when it's poor. And I think quirk is hard to do. So I like it when it's done well. And yeah, like Lily's pointing out things that would normally bug me, but I just thought it worked. Yeah, it didn't bother me. I didn't yeah. feel like I like was watching two movies or anything. You like, didn't feel it, like it took you out. No, it seemed co to those, cohesive to yeah. me. Like, the fourth wall breaks for me were really nice to have, like, have a moment to explain something, which I kind of liked in this movie just because there were... Like, it, it is a different religion and culture than I'm used to, so I, I kind of appreciated that. But, I, yeah, I didn't find it... It took me out of the movie. But it's interesting that Lily's bringing up that she felt the movie was presenting as grounded... Um, but I thought that, I, I can't, I should because I watched it twice, but I think the fourth wall breaks happen quite early. Like, I don't think we get settled and then he starts. I also don't know what shots she's referring to that um, felt more artistic or more experimental. Yeah. Like, to stylized. me, it just... Yeah, she says felt more stylized. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, but like valid you know if there was certain shots she identified that she did not gel with mm -hmm. completely uh entitled to that opinion yeah. just personally i can't think of any particular shots aside from the editing that tyler mentioned just it being kind of like a little bit choppy in terms of the length of scenes right um yeah i don't know like i thought the movie was accessible yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure either. Again, um, when you compare it to something like her smell, <laughs> it was yeah, let's keep that kind of your run here. of the mill. <laughs> yeah, like oh, her smell is like completely like in a different stratosphere than this movie. This movie felt like you could just sit back and enjoy her smell. You you kind of got to get ready to be tortured for however long that movie yeah. is. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I certainly understand what she's saying about like to me the movie's quirk gave it kind of this different feel. Like, I, I, not a direct comparison, but at times there were moments and shots where I was like, oh, like, Wes Anderson would do this. You know, the way the yeah. camera's panning in and the way we're, you know, he's, you know, the way he's behaving. But I don't know, to me, the fourth wall breaks and the way the camera was moving, like, I, I liked that. But yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's fair. Like, if this just didn't resonate 
for her, then like that's that's fine. Like that's there's no I, it's not up to me to say she's wrong. But it just kind of w didn't feel the same way that she's coming off. So I kind of I kind of got into that and and felt it. But um, I don't know. The movie felt relatively grounded for me. I mean, a little bit as we brought out, a little bit slapsticky, a little bit kind of over the top, but I don't know, still seemed real, like could happen, seemed so Yeah, like realistic. everything that happened, I'm like, that could happen. Mm -hmm. Like, the rabbi, like I've known priests like that, like Catholic priests. Yeah. Like. Oh, for sure. Ever, like, even if they're a little bit, like a little bit, um, like a little amped, you know, mm -hmm. like, but I, yeah, like. Yeah. That rabbi, to me, exists in real life. Yeah. Like, I can believe <laughs> that, like, ha like gr being involved in a religious community, uh, I can believe parents being like, you're going to go to the holy, man hol holy land mm -hmm. and meet a wife. I could even <laughs> see, like, to kind of, to kind of touch on, um, also to touch on one of Tyler's points about um, the female characters and the, their underdevelopment, I could even see, I, I know... People like Laura or or the the um, oh the woman he met in Israel. Uh, Tyler said her name in here. I I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, uh, oh, I thought I could find it. But like his romantic his romantic interest in Israel? in Israel. Like even her and and Laura back home. Like I've one hundred. I could one hundred percent say I've met people similar who fly by the seat of their pants who don't take things super seriously or just kind of like out to have fun versus Laura who like clearly is interested in someone but the minute she sees the damage she's causing she gets cold feet and kind of backs away or pulls away like again I, I've, I've seen examples of that so yeah that's believable yeah, to me I, again I guess to me the film did feel grounded in that sense um, so I'm, again, I'm not too sure, Lily, I, you can also clarify, feel free to email us back and, and continue to, uh, give us your thoughts. Like if there's yeah, certain like the things, specific yeah. things that you just didn't gel with. Yeah. Maybe you can give us a little comparison, like give us a scene that you thought was super grounded and maybe a scene that you thought wasn't. And yeah, we're happy to hear from you again and, and keep chatting about it. But, uh, yeah, it did work for me in, in that sense. Uh, but thank you, ev everyone, for, for sending your emails, for, for Lillian Tyler, for engaging with the film. And just a reminder to everybody, if you want to talk about each movie with us each week, stream along with us on Netflix and email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. Next week, we are back to a movie that I selected that we think that Taylor will hate called Captain America, The First Avenger. Um, this is a great experiment for me because I think it's a move a superhero movie in the Marvel universe that you don't have to see other ones to um to oh you know what I'm sorry uh there's a fourth fan question <laughs> I can't believe I almost did that I apologize because it's to Austin again <laughs> my apologies Austin oh man I feel so we bad. love you Austin yeah, I, it's just a mistake I swear I marked this question to come up at the end anyway Austin but I I almost forgot to read it my apologies. Austin, this is a question for you, Taylor. Okay. Um, and he wants, this is homework he's giving you for next week. Got it. So he says, uh, hi, Taylor and Mike. I have a question uh, or really a challenge that's just related to Taylor. I know she is not looking forward to Captain America next week, <laughs> um, but as a big superhero fan, I'm really interested to hear her thoughts. I know she hasn't seen many superhero movies, but I also know she has seen a few. Could she give us her top five superhero movies that she actually enjoyed as part of next week's episode. I know... The Crow. We, 
<laughs> yes, the crow counts because he <laughs> says, "I know, I know, superhero can be can be broad, but let's keep it that broad. So long as there's a superhero type character in it, uh, she can give us a list, a top five movies that would be great. Thank you, Screening and Kingston. So yeah, sorry, sorry, Austin. We we will one hundred percent do that. So Taylor, that's your challenge. I'm glad I have a week. Yes, to think about <laughs> to watch <it>. superhero movies <laughs> to get a list. But yeah, I would say the crow counts. Anything that you could say there's a superhero type character in it, I would say counts. Um, why, just before we end the show, because mm -hmm. I know we only have a couple of minutes left. We have a couple left. minutes left, yeah. Why is Captain America not on Disney Plus? Because so, I thought Disney bought Marvel. Yes, so it's a contractual thing where some of the films, because of the way Marvel used to release films, I think it was Universal Pictures that actually had the distribution rights to begin with. So oh, quite before a, Marvel yeah, Studios was a thing. Yeah, so quite a few movies are still locked in Netflix contracts because of that. The same thing happened with the Fox um, takeover is Disney put a bunch of X-Men movies on Disney+, Plus, but, but one of them is not there and it's still on Netflix. Um, it will all eventually move to Disney+, Plus, but there's probably timing connected to it. Um, so yeah, Captain, they probably, you know, they had this many years yeah, in the contract exactly. and you have to wait till it expires. Exactly. So, so that's why Captain America is still on Netflix and hasn't gone over to Disney plus yet. Okay. But eventually, eventually we'll all be there. But for right now we still have some stuff on Netflix. Just curious. Um, yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, it's, it's, it's a complex thing that Disney has. Um, just as we're about to end the show, I did want to do a quick note. Uh, because this information came out at the top of the week, is that uh, WB uh, has uh, released that three of its films are actually going to be moving because of COVID-19. Some of these were, were actually release dates in the coming years, but because of inability to film has had to be pushed back. So The Batman, which is the Robert uh, Pattinson film, was originally going to come out June 5th, 2021. It's been pushed back to October 1st, 2021. The Flash and Shazam 2 have also moved dates. Now, they were supposed to come out in 2022. They're just Flash later. Flash has been plagued. Yeah, yeah, like Flash was supposed to come out July 1st, and now it's June Third. So it's actually been moved up a little bit because they pushed Shazam back several months from, from April to November. So just wanted to bring that up as another quick, because we we've been updating on some films each week. But yeah, the Batman's been moved. The Flash has moved up a couple months. Not too sure why. And Shazam has been pushed back several months. Hmm. So just things to know. <laughs> you know, um, things will continue to change over the coming months when it comes to movies. But hopefully someday soon we'll be back to the theaters. And in the meantime, go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.